a house that's like one room, but like it's actually a mansion because it's like pocket everything, and everything leads to like a huge uh, area. Um, here I am. Oh, you're fucking crazy. You're crazy. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> What the fuck just happened? It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> I haven't had health insurance for about almost nine years now, so I live my life by this rule. I stay out of fist fights and car accidents to the best of my ability, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> very underinsured. I found out this past Christmas, though, that I'm very overinsured, because my grandpa walks up to me and goes, Hey, Merry Christmas, I renewed your life insurance policy for you. I was like, I'm sorry, my what? He goes, your life insurance policy, I renew it for you every year, that's your gift. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, that's kind of weird. I didn't know I had a life insurance policy. <laughs> and it doesn't sound like much of a gift to me. By definition, a gift is something I get to use when I'm alive, not something you get to use after I'm dead. He didn't give me a gift. That son of a bitch put a bounty on my head. Now I can't trust anybody in my entire family anymore. Happy birthday, Ryan. Here's a case of beer and a motorcycle. Go take it for a spin after you do some beer bonging. Is that a helmet, pussy? We don't wear helmets in this family. Give me that back. Happy Valentine's Day, son. Here's a new set of steak knives and video footage of all your failures. Oh, another dearest. Tuesday cramming for the podcast I uh, took home a car today a little overnight trial run on this uh, Jetta wagon 2005 even but I got in the car and and it immediately I should have just got right out then because it smelled like raw booty just straight unadulterated <laughs> I don't know what it smells this smell like stale old cigarettes. I don't know what kind of animal, you know, rolls the window up in hot boxes with some fucking Malboros. It just, I just, it just uncouth, uncouth. And, and all that in a nice German car, clean German, uh, sterile, you know, supposed to be sterile vehicle. That's what it sold as, the Volkswagen Jetta wagon. Is that, that's a double negative. That's a double positive, actually. Took it home. I'm having, getting the PPI. The, uh, now, look, let me just thank my homie Mike. If you're listening, Mike, dude, this, this uh, podcast listener, Mike, in Texas, I don't even know his last name, has been helping me buy a car. He's a Volkswagen uh, aficionado, expert, mechanic type, uh, know-it-all. And he has been integral in my car search, which, of course, if any of you know me, you understand that everything about me lasts or, or, or takes a long time. 
including sex ladies. And I don't mean that in a good way. So I have been searching for this car for what, I don't know. I, I started talking about it whenever my car broke down. I think that was a couple weeks ago. I spoke about it on this podcast. Um, thank you, Mike. And I'll thank you again when I buy a car, if it ha- ever happens. We'll see. Maybe this one's going to, I'm taking it to the PPI, the, the pre-purchase inspection tomorrow morning at uh, Jim Stevens Foreign Automotives. Uh, and uh, they're gonna they're good guys they're gonna take a look they're gonna give me the straight dope on this shit on this car and if it you know what if if the motors if everything under the hood looks looks uh plus parfait as they say in the French, you know I, I I'm gonna get the motherfucker reupholstered I'm gonna put some goddamn leathers in there some some tan leathers some beige leathers have this thing looking like a Bentley you know what I'm saying but with a Volkswagen body and none of the other luxury features of the Bentley, but nonetheless, a nice beige interior, leathers, probably false leather, but some sort of non-porous material. So that next time I have a bunch of fucking wild coyotes running around inside my car, smoking Marlboros, you know, the, 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 the short occasion doesn't last a lifetime of the vehicle. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, then after that, after I go to the PPI, I'm heading off to the uh, STD place, the Planned Parenthood, all right? And I go to the location. Okay, what? It's because, you know, it's less populated up there. I think I've talked about this in the cast. It's just, it feels less like it's going to be just, just, just swarmed with disease. I am not easy at any medical situation whatsoever. And I find myself in these places way more than I'd like to. Um, And with my shrinking, shriveled little diamond penis in the hand uh, of some brutish woman, just holding back laughter at at the size of my tiny little inverted member, uh, I, I... just it's just awful but uh you know i i gotta get those tests it's the responsible thing to do uh for any sexually active uh adult you gotta get that stuff done because you don't want to go out there spreading things around to people giving some you know innocent young lady whatever the hell kind of dirt i have on my dick (laughs) that's disgusting that's disgusting. But look, it, you got to take care of these things. You got to take care of these things. <laughs> That's a, we'll go to Ryan Singer from there. So we, we got Ryan Singer on this show today. Um, this guy, I fucking love this guy. I'm going to hang out with him this winter uh, when he comes to the Natty. Because he, he, he's, uh, he's a Dayton guy. He's a Dayton, Ohio guy. I was brought, he was brought to my attention and I was brought to his attention, no doubt, by one Brent Weinbach, who I had on the podcast several episodes ago. And uh, after the episode, you know, we, we uh, pressed stop on the, on the recorder and he says, man, dude, you got to talk to my boy, Ryan Singer. You'd love him. And I did. I set up an appointment and uh, Ryan came over to my hotel the uh, Millennium Falcon, Biltmore Millennium Hotel 
downtown Los Angeles, another Pimpsville uh, of, of hotels. I don't have the money. We get on Priceline about this stuff. Man, what an interesting guy. And not just interesting, but like I really get along with him. We, we see eye to eye, even though you'll see he's got some crackpot ideas. And I don't want to say that like diminutive, uh, uh, d- you know, thing. He's, he's out there a little bit. And I don't look, I'm not judging. And I and I appreciate that. I'm open to that in anyone just saying his ideas. He's open to maybe more than I am. Anyway, it's a great talk. I think you'll like it as much as I did having it and then listening back to it this past week. It's great. It's a great talk. He's a great dude. We're going to get together and probably shoot some videos or some shit this winter. Uh, Ryan Singer. What's going on, man? What's up? Come in. Nice spot, huh? It's hot as fuck in here. I just turned on the uh, AC. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm going to that. Yes, please. I wonder if they got a pool up in this Puta Madre. They have to, right? This is the host of the coast from historic, uh, I don't know what they call this fucking place. This is the host of the coast. Like, dude, that show last night was fucking rad. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. I, it was okay in, for me. It was a you little... Didn't, oh, you didn't, you didn't dig your, uh... I, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I just, what I'm did very... What like about it? I'm very hard on... Well, we're all hard on ourselves, you know, the, the band, and we... I don't know. I just I felt like it was a little sloppy and a little bit uh, energy was forced at times. You know, like too like uh, frenetic, like just too like. Uh, um, do you think it had anything to do with how hot it was in there? Maybe there are other reasons, just with our gear, just the way people were playing. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. I guess I never even considered that as a uh, as someone who doesn't do music. Yeah. It seems like, oh shit! I never even think about all those. Because the only thing I really have to worry about is the mic working, as far as gear. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or my voice. Well, that's that's what's appealing to me in a way about about uh, stand up is that it is just like it's, it's all self contained. Yeah. You know, you're not lugging a fucking shit. You can travel. You can go on the road in a fucking you know Corvette. Yeah. Well, you gotta have room for your merch, man. That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, I mean, I used to, I sold t shirts I've sold two different t shirts. One, the first t shirt I ever sold was a uh, audience member. He came up with like a really good idea. Yeah. For, like a, one of my shirts, based on one of my jokes. And okay. I was like, oh, that's simple and fucking really easy. Yeah. And uh, so I did it, and it sold like hotcakes. I, really? It was like years ago. It was like the first joke I ever came up with. That was like a really good opener. Yeah. It was really like fast, short, and fucking worked almost every time. Yeah. It was like a spoof on a commercial. Okay. Which, and well, I don't really do jokes like that. Anymore. Typically in my act, like, okay. or ever, like, topical, like, like hyper topical stuff. Yes. That's the shelf life is like, it's a very specific. Oh, you have to have seen this commercial to know what I'm talking sure. about. Like, I just don't really get into that. But uh, it was about those drunk, one of the drunk driving commercials. It was like Buzz Driving is Drunk Driving. Yes. And I watched it. I was just talking to a friend of mine. I was like, everybody, Buzz Driving is designated driving. What the fuck are they talking about? Right. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and he started laughing. I was like, oh my God, there's my fucking joke. There's right, my right. opener. So I go, hey, everybody drinking tonight. Be careful. You know, the government's cracking down, blah, blah. Yeah. And so I just had a shirt that just said Buzz Driving is designated driving. It was black <laughs> yeah. and white and like blurry. Simple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And fucking it sold so fast. It sold so well that I was like, I can't sell this shirt. Really? Because it was like Did it have your name on it? Yeah, it had RyanSingerComedy.com okay. like at the bottom. But just it was take like, that off and make some fucking money. Just keep going with it. That's not a bad idea. If actually. you if you feel weird about having your name. Because on. well, it was it's this weird 
it's like so hypocritical, but it's like, oh, something I came up with and I know it's funny because yeah. I said it. Yeah. Or at least so I thought it was funny when yeah. I said it originally. And the joke would, and then I would kind of take the joke from there, like, you know, into a, a place maybe that my jokes might more typically go to, but sure. with act outs and some weird shit into it. But, uh, but I was like, this is selling too good. There must be something wrong with it. Which is so self-defeating. Right. <laughs> That's right? true. And so then, People like me, I'm doing something wrong. So my reaction was, okay, I'm going to make a shirt that I fucking love. Yeah. And it's going to be indie rock based, where it's not going to have, like, really any words. It's just going to have visual representations of jokes. Okay. And I loved the shirt. It was awesome. And it cost a fortune for me to make because it had, like, right. seven colors in it. Not compromising on the, on not the colors. I'm like, yeah. I want quality product in the universe. Even if I don't make a lot of money off yeah. it, 20 years from now, if I see that shirt, I'm going to be like, fuck yeah, that's it's one high of, art. That's one of my shirts. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, as opposed to the quick dollar. Right. And uh, and it was badass. A friend of mine designed it. And it was cool. It was very colorful and vivid. It had, some weird, it had like, a big gay dragon on it. It had all this other weird shit on it. And, uh nobody would buy it because I couldn't budge on the price really either because I'm like I can't sell these shirts for five bucks I'm losing two bucks a shirt right or even ten bucks I'm only making like two bucks sure so I'd be like fifteen bucks for the shirt and just people wouldn't buy it and then uh, I made like seventy of them so there's like seventy of them out in the world somewhere but uh, but I was just like man why boutique item yeah why why can't I get rid of these I'm like these shirts because people can't remember like they just see me do a show they'd be like Oh, this is from or wait, what joke is? I'd be like, oh, okay, this is yeah, this is more of a thing like later down the road, like if you're super famous, that people would be like gobble your shit up and know what it is. Like right. super fans would know. The moral of the story is people are idiots. Yeah, <laughs> sell CDs now. <laughs> yeah, do you sell a lot of CDs? I sell CDs like after lives, depending on the city. Yeah, uh, sometimes I don't have enough. Yeah, I was in Tacoma, Washington, and sold like sixty-three CDs over the course of the weekend. You killed. Yeah, it yeah. was ridiculous. Um, I do a thing where I I charge whatever they can afford. Okay. Which is something a trick that I learned like fourth hand from somebody. I think Al Madrigal told somebody or told somebody else, and then told me, and so I tried it. Strictly a comedy trick. You can't really do that with music CDs, or could you? You think you probably could. Yeah, but I mean the pitch. It's a little more complicated of a pitch. Because you guys, I mean, it's not like you're pitching your stuff on stage. You know, no. like, we have to do that, typically. Yeah. Um, so I'll say, hey, I got CDs after the show. Um, if you want to buy one, that'd be great. I bought a 1000 You could buy one. Right. And that normally gets a laugh. <laughs> and then I say, I'm going to sell you the CD for whatever you can afford. Because if you want the CD, I want you to have it. There's no trick. You walk up and say, this is what I'm paying for it, and that's what you pay. And it averages out to 10 bucks anyway. Right. For the most part. Yeah. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. Yeah. But, uh... But they only cost you a buck each to make, maybe two. Yeah, well, depending on your deal. I uh, my first deal, I could buy the physical copy for a buck fifty for a thousand if I bought a thousand at once. Right. But my new deal is not nearly that good. It's like double that. Okay. Which I'm not thrilled about. But, yeah. Um, so but it's are a lot of distributing better and stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, the label might have a better reputation, but. Uh, because I remember when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to be on stand-up records someday. They have, like, Marin and Bamford. And, and it's all it's all comedians on that? It's all stand-ups? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so then I got... So then I met the guy, and he wanted to put out my next album, or a uh, two-album deal, so he's got one more out of me coming yeah. up. But uh, it's, uh, you know, it's it's not music, for sure. It's not the music business. Comedians don't make any money off their albums. We don't make fucking money off our albums, man. No, you don't? No. God, comedians want to believe that. No, no, we don't. We don't. We make. I mean, we we make we make money at shows. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, we have so many expenses right now that we hardly make money at shows, but uh, theoretically, we make money at shows. But no, CDs, I mean, you know, the music business take a, took a huge hit with the internet. What um, about, like, satellite? You, you, I mean, I know a lot of comics are making a little bit of money now from XM. I don't know what we make on that. I mean, I think it would just show up as a uh, part of the publishing money, I mm-hmm. would think. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say because radio would come as as part of publishing money, but digital distribution would come as part of, like, record royalties. So I'm not sure where it sits. But anyway. Yeah. No. I don't know. Trying to make, Trying to scratch, you know? Yeah. How do we do it? I think merch, I think CDs will really help cover my expenses on the road if I can sell some. Have you gone on the road? Yeah, I'm on the road most, full time for about the last five, six years. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And then, uh. I mean, obviously, you mentioned a couple shows. I just, I meant like, just. Yeah, I make my living doing, uh, just the road. Yeah. As of right now. I moved to LA a couple years ago to try to make some more money in the city. Before that, were you, were you in, in Dayton? I was in Dayton, yeah. And just. What, what what was there to do? Were you just were doing shows in Dayton and Cincinnati or something? Or in the Midwest. I mean, you know, I was traveling okay. around the Midwest. But when I first started, I was just doing shows in Dayton and Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, and then years ago, the scene was pretty good in Dayton. How come we haven't met? That's I weird. know. It's, it is weird. Because uh, how long have you been in Cincy? I mean, I've been back for like three years. But, yeah. I mean, I grew up there. And then I moved away for my 20s, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think I started hanging out in Cincinnati at least in at Go Bananas yeah um, I mean I guess it's not a surprise we didn't meet if you were never at Go Bananas because I, I never was anywhere else yeah okay um, at least before I was able to get work somewhere start working I was either at Wiley's Comedy Club Joker's Comedy Club or I was at Go Bananas Comedy Club okay um, every fucking night not okay. doing any I wasn't going out and partying or doing other things I mean maybe on Mondays and Tuesdays I would be out somewhere but these were um, open mics or you would you would open, open mic for, or just hanging just hanging for, out watching shows okay I see yeah because uh, you just have to hang out and then if you're lucky the manager of the club will be like man you just here all the time okay here's five go do five minutes okay you're just you're clearly not going anywhere right right uh, and you show up and you're hanging out and you that's the way you start getting stage time and so I, my whole life was just hanging out that's in. interesting you know I hear that on the different different podcasts I listen to the WTF stuff and when mm-hmm. he talks to comedians or um, that's such a weird like it's some people way are very, of coming up yeah it's, some people are very protective of their kingdoms I mean there's different ways to come up too uh, I mean some people start stand up here in LA it must be changing now I mean yeah, like it does that, change a little especially that's if like you the traditional audience. way it's like the, you know you gotta fucking pay your dues come yeah. in and wait, you know especially if you can build an audience doing a podcast or whatever else or yeah, before they, you somehow even, with the internet creative yeah. outlets right so I mean it's it's a weird different kind of stand up comedian that gets developed out of that I mean they might not they might not be I mean I guess there's some weird delineation between like road dog in like alt comic or yeah. whatever people want to say but I mean I think uh, it's fun to have conversations with other comics about it too because there's definitely a mentality that a comic has that doesn't have to survive doing stand up like if you if you make your living and you put your food on the table and pay your rent doing stand up your moral judgment about someone else's stand up about how awful they might be or um, how artistic they actually are, it, it's a little bit different. Okay. You're, I don't think you're as harsh. 
Like if you're, because, if you're paying your bills doing something else, like if you have like, you know, a decent living or a comfortable living, yeah. like working in an office that you're trying to get out of eventually. Um, yeah, I think it affords you, a, uh, I don't know, a sharper knife when you're trying to cut someone else's uh, act up in your mind right. or to your friends. Right. But um, when you're beat down because you're doing it yourself and you're mm-hmm. trudging through, you're like... You understand more. Oh, you're cool. You have a better understanding. Like, oh, yeah, when you're out on the road sometimes... You're, it's a fight against yeah. an audience because yeah. they're too drunk. And it's like, um, I could go up there and do like a dream set if I was, you know, this is everyone, everyone in the audience is a fan of mine and knows my work and they want to see all of the weirdest stuff I do. Right. And I could go up there and just do that. But when you're out in, you know, I don't know what's a good place, you know, anywhere. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> and no one knows who no the hell you are. Fuck who you and you've are. got to be up there for 45 to an hour. Yeah. Um, and then you got to deal with last call and check drop and all that kind of shit. It's like, okay, there's something to be said for, I'm going to win this audience over. I'm going to come punch them in the face real quick. Right. At the beginning of the show, let them know, okay, you don't know me, but I've I got mean jokes. business. Yeah. Yeah. And then win a little bit of trust. And then guess what? Then we're going to go to some really weird places. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. the same as what I do. It's the same. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly the same, what you just described. And location-wise and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Win them over, now get to know me. Yeah. 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 And then hopefully you can make... My my goal is to make uh, at least one true fan every show I do. Right. Depending on the... It doesn't matter if there's 20 people there or 30 or 300. And the more you do it, when you come back, you know, eventually, and if you build up your own following, then it is... A hell of a lot easier. It's not pulling teeth. You can start with weird shit. You can, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and like, which I think uh, is the goal, and eventually, right? Is just, just to. Oh yeah, you can just go do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, there's, there is that idea that if 100 percent of the audience is there to see you, you don't necessarily know if what you're doing is good anymore. I saw Chappelle. He talked for like three hours, and not much of it was comedy, but it was entertaining. Yeah. You know, some of it was like political rantings, um, but there was definitely some funny shit, no doubt. Speaking of another local to Cincinnati, you know, I mean, Yellow yeah, Springs. I got to see. This was before Chappelle Show came out, yeah. But uh, he was hanging out at Wiley's all the time in downtown. Yeah. I got to see him do stand up. I don't know, over a hundred times probably when I was yeah out, before he was super famous. I mean, was he, he was cool. Was he was nice well, guy? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and he would hang out after shows. After the, everybody was gone, we'd you know they'd close the doors and just be me and maybe another local comic or something, and he'd be hanging out there. He was friends with the manager at the time, pretty good friends with the guy, so he would hang out a lot. But uh, I mean, I don't, I, I doubt he'd remember me. Yeah, but it's, it's been so long ago. Yeah, and I was just an open micer. You yeah. know what I mean? Just kind of—I was just a, a wallflower at that point, just kind of listening, like, "Yeah, this is yeah. awesome." But uh, and then, because I, I remember, I learned a valuable lesson during that time because I realized, man, he's just everything is so great that he just says the first time he says it. This is not fair. Just one of those dudes. But when you start doing comedy when you're 17 years old or 18, you know, and you get really good by the time. But then I realized watching him, he'd come in, you know, multiple times over the course of weeks. I'm like, oh this is now really good. Then maybe he'd start working on something new. I'm like, oh, he's working on these jokes. Right. He's not just going up there and being like, hey, I'm so naturally funny and charismatic because he does have that charisma that's Right, but he still has to hone it. But yeah, he that. was honing and working on material. And I was like, oh, even Dave Chappelle works on his jokes. Yeah. Tells them over and over and over again. Yeah. And makes subtle changes, makes big changes, um, depending on the audience. Yeah. Because... Um, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but I think at some point, you know, you have to 
at least I feel like I have to understand the relationship between me and the audience when it comes to the material I'm developing. Like, there's been some jokes where I'm like, man, this, I'm not budget on this because this, I know this is good. Right, right. And I don't care if anybody laughs. Yeah, yeah. I will then, continue on. Yeah, and then after a while, it's like, oh, okay, I'm telling jokes for myself now. Right, right. Um, that's not what I wanted to do when I was a kid. Oh, hold on just a second. We have a we have a visitor. <laughs> Hi there. Hi, sir. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Oh, thank you so much. Just throw it wherever. Yeah. That's that's fine. I'll, I'll figure it out from there. Oh, I got Man, my there was so great last night because there were some people, I mean, losing their mind. Yeah. And you just, because you, I love watching that because you never really can experience that as a comic. There's not, right, I'm not right. going to be telling a joke well, on it's stage. A, it's a different emotional response. People just losing their mind dude and then like the affection that goes to the point where it's so crazy that they just don't know how to do anything other than tell you to go fuck yourself like, right, right. You f- come on <laughs> fuck you don't even play fucking this man fuck you you know like there's this dude next to me losing his mind because you weren't playing oh I forgot what song it was but he was just a certain song and he was screaming and then somehow somebody got backstage and got a couple beers yeah. and he was he just couldn't contain his excitement. Man, this was backstage, man. Take one of these beers. This is from backstage. Oh my god, fuck you, man. Fuck you, play it. And that's what like, we call a love knife fan. We got a love the, knife? Well, that's from Tenacious D, actually, but we still we use it after, you know, 12 years after I saw that. Like, yeah, love. Lo- oh, that guy's love knife material, where, where it's like. They're such a fan of what you do that they want to fucking murder you. <laughs> yeah. They want to eat your guts and, like, fucking eat oh, your heart so where the song came from. Yeah, that's a Love Knife fan. That's so great. Yeah. We, yeah, there was, like, one one time, I remember, down in this in this basement in, in Boston or some, somewhere, like a weird, some weird venue. We're in this, somehow this fan got down there and none of us, like, wanted to tell him to get the hell out. And he's just like... I guess he had just discovered like some kind of new music or whatever. He's like, "Fucking you guys, man! Fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ!" Like, and and then he starts talking about other artists that he's into. Like, fucking Joanna Newsom. I listened to her first record, <laughs> and he starts. He throws like he throws a bottle against the wall. He's like, "Fucking oh!" Like it felt so good. Oh my god! Yeah, awesome. and he's a like, Mira. He's talking about like all these like like light folk acts, but but really, with the ag- really with aggressively, yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah, right. I normally don't associate uh, bottles against the wall with Joanna Newsom. Or no, <laughs> but he was so excited. Oh, that's so funny. He was probably on something. I don't know. But I, I met Chappelle once. Uh, I had seen... I was staying in Yellow Springs for a month um, recording this project with a friend of mine. I got a little cabin up there. So I would go down. You know, I mean, there's only one little... Yeah. One block strip. So I'd see him... Maybe every other day, you know, he always hangs at that coffee shop there and whatnot. And I, you know, I'm like, I'm, I, I understand what it is. To be, I'm a little bit famous. I understand, you know, you don't want. He's he's like 130 million times more famous than me. Mm-hmm. You don't want people all of it. So I'm like, cool. I'm like, I'm a local basically. I'm gonna be cool, whatever. And then one time, we're, you know, and we, I said what's up to him as I'm walking by, but but never like talked to him. And one time I'm, I'm, uh, and I'm a little bit starstruck every time. One time I'm, I'm sitting at the, uh, cafe, uh, and it's just me and him outside. We sat there for like a half hour, just the two of us. He's smoking a cigarette, whatever. Finally, I'm like, 
I'm really nervous at the time too. I'm like, all right, I'm because you've been building it up in your. I've head been too. building it up. I had yeah. seen him a, a lot of days. I'm like, should I try to talk to this? I'm, I'm, I'm the second most famous people person here. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, he's gonna, you know, it'll be cool. And uh, so yeah, we're sitting across from each other for you know a half hour. I get up and I'm like. You know, my voice, of course, raises several octaves. You're, you're Dave Chappelle, yeah? And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, man. And I'm like, for some reason, what came out of my mouth was... I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> you're really swole, man. Or you got really swole, man. <laughs> you what the fuck? You got really swole, is what I said. Because he fucking, he did. Like, he had a tank top on... And I don't know if, he, I mean, if you've seen him recently, but, like, the dude was, like, when you watch, like, his old, he's real skinny, right? Oh, yeah. And, you, of course, I'm sure when you knew him, he was real skinny. Well, he, he was weightlifting or something. He got really, he, like, he did a Dr. Dre thing. Mm-hmm. And I said that to him, and he was, like, he, I think he thought I was, I had a little mustache and, and some, like, these big glasses <laughs> and some little shorts and probably a tank top myself. <laughs> And uh, he was like, okay. You know, like, he, he didn't really say much, and he just, like, walked off the other way. That's so funny. You got I'm really like, soul, man. I just didn't know what else to say. Yeah. Oh. oh. Your brain shuts down. Yeah. It's so fucking weird, because there's there's times in my life where I'll have these moments where I get so caught up in whether it's just not being a normal person. Just, it, for whatever reason, when chemicals start firing yeah. because of admiration or love yeah. or even anger sometimes, and then it's like my brain, just part of it just goes... Right. It was, it, it, Ste- Stephanie Hem right right then was, was sort of like if he was like a really hot girl. Yeah. And I was so nervous. Like, I just didn't know what to say, and then I ruined it. You know what I mean? Like I've been in that moment a bunch of times, but like, I don't really get starstruck around anybody. Yeah. Um, especially not comics. I mean, because part of you just kind of in- ingrains it into your brain so much. Like, oh, I'm a comic. They're a comic. Sure. We've got so much in common sure. that we don't even have to know each other to know each other. But um, but then there's times. Like, I remember the first time I wasn't starstruck necessarily. I mean, if it would have happened like three years, four years earlier probably. But first time I worked with Marin. Yeah. Because um, he was one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, my, one of my favorite comics. And... Like, he had one of those TV sets that changed my perception on what stand-up comedy could be. Um, and it's which, which set is that? I should it watch was it. his uh, Letterman set from, like, oh, shit. What, it was from the 90s. It's where he um, he does the joke about how easy it is to ruin someone's day. Okay. Um, it talks about him going to buy a pack of cigarettes, and then it's an interaction and all these bad things. And then it's like a chain reaction of people being mean to each other. Right. And then at the end of the joke, he just goes, and I totally didn't see it coming, and it blew my fucking face open. He goes... And then it all just dumps out into the Middle East. Oh, wow. And I was just like, you can say something yeah. about comedy? Yeah. You can say something in your comedy that's still, like, so... Rela- that's I mean, that's his gift. Yeah. Is he can make any any big issue very personal uh, to himself yeah. uh, through that filter of his. But um, And it comes out, and you're just like, oh, I understand uh, some complex thing through your... Your fucking whether it's his pain or his neurosis or whatever, but uh, but the first time I, it was about three years ago when we first worked together, and then I would have, but if he wouldn't have liked me, you know, three years previous to that, I, I may have quit comedy. 
Three years yeah. previous to meeting him, you're saying? Yeah, like if, if I would have worked with him three years earlier than I did. I see what you're saying. Before you uh, had my career, confidence. Yeah, and before I was starting to really, you know, figure it out myself and like yeah. just be comfortable with who I am. Yeah. Because um, I think I was about almost, I was like 29, 30 when I finally just said, you know, if some people don't like me, that's fine. Yeah. Um, everyone I love and admire isn't going to want to be my best friend, and that's cool. And they might not even like what I do. And I can't control that. But as long as I just own who I am, yeah, or at least start trying to, because uh, I was, you know, I was a, a identity chameleon my whole life. Why do you think that is? I just never liked who I was. Whether it was because all my friends had puberty before me, um, and my voice was high pitched, so I started smoking at eleven years old to try to lower my voice. Really? Yeah, and then I smoked for worked, over twenty years <laughs> because of that. Do you still um, smoke? No, it's been about two and a half years. Uh, for you. Yeah, I read a book. The easy yeah. way. To, the easy way to stop smoking. It's magic. What's the What's the principle? It's it does it doesn't scare you. Okay. It just it just unbrainwashes you. Maybe by brainwashing you in a different way. Okay. It just makes you realize that you don't like cigarettes. Right. And I was like, fuck, I don't. I read the book fourteen times. So I mean, the fourteenth time I read it, it worked. Because I was like, if I keep reading it, it's not a failure. Yeah. It's only a failure when I stop. And that's just the way, I mean, that's the way I, I kind of just live my life. You just can't, I can't accept failure. Right. Regardless of it staring me in the face. Are you, are you ambitious? I'm ambitious, but I'm not, I don't need to own, I don't need to own the world of comedy. I don't need to be, uh, you know, I don't need 40 years from now to be on number one on everyone's best comic in the world list. Um. I think what I really want is to make genuine connections with people. I mean, when I was younger, I was probably that that way. Like, I'm going to be a fucking huge star. Right. Um, but then the more and more I started doing stand-up... I mean, I guess I'm calculating in certain ways when it comes to my career. Like, some life choices I've made to, like, the way to live my life to prepare for, you know, maybe some fame and success later. Um, where I don't want shit biting me in the ass later. Like, what? Like, I don't like want babies play- showing up, like, ten years from now when I've got money. Right. Uh, like, oh, this is your baby. You've got, you've, you just, you know, you finally cracked. Here's, this is a baby from, you know, So you wear, Nashville. you wear condoms so you don't have a... Uh, I don't even take them. Bob Marley situation. I don't take condoms on the road. Oh, you don't So even, I don't even... I you don't, don't even have sex or nothing. That's the goal. That's the, the goal. The goal is to not have sex. And the goal, and especially not with drunk women. Yeah. Um, if a woman's been drinking, she's just totally out of bounds to me. Okay. Because, let, let's say a... a Let's say a woman gets drunk, she's married, not happy in her marriage, doesn't have a ring on, uh, gets drunk, you hook up with her. The next morning she wakes up sober. Right. What the fuck did I do? And her man comes. Or, or it's not even that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, which I would, I've never been in a fight. And yeah. It, it, I don't want ever to be, but, but what if her only rational in her mind, because she's crazy maybe, is to be like, oh, I didn't want to do this. Right. An accusation comes. Next, you know, your career, your life is over. What, he raped me? Or something like that. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. a sexual assault. It's happened to rich people. Yeah. Rich dudes before to try to get money. So this is, but you're preempting it. You're not rich yet. Yeah, which might be a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. Which might be a little, okay, maybe you're overthinking this. Yeah. Just have some fun and, you know, hook up every once in a while. But, uh, but I don't know. My so whole, you don't hook, you do hook up with girls on their own and just not I have do, sex? I do, I do, I do rarely. It's, yeah. It's rare, but I do. Um, you should just wear one of those Mormon belts and then... Oh, the magic underpants or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Or the... Yeah, I think... Uh, 
I overthink some shit too much. I take shit too far. Yeah. Even if it's supposed to be good for me, I'll take it too far and it becomes bad sometimes. Are you, are you sort of obsessive, I don't know, a little bit OCD or something like that? I don't think I'm OCD, but um, I definitely have a brain that thinks differently than, you know, a lot of people I know because of certain experiences I've had in my life or, you know, things I've seen and done. But Yeah. Uh, like, I know a lot of comics will get into the, the shit talk game and they'll get upset about what they're not getting, these supposed benchmarks of their career or, you know, respect and stuff. And I just I just kind of think about, like, man, there's so much other stuff going on in the world that you don't even know about. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really into the paranormal side of life and, like, you know, all that kind of weird shit. Like, my goal How, is... So what do you mean by that? Well, I'd love to be able to... I have a couple career goals in my life or life goals they're not even career goals because it's just my life but um, I want to be able to have a place back in Ohio and probably a place out here to live whenever, and just go back and forth when I want Yeah. and then I also want to be able to you know put my hand through this through this desktop oh, of course. by understanding yeah. the, the fabric of reality is all just connected energy and I can just you know what I mean because we're all I'm part of all this right. I'm okay. part of this table now you know what I mean going. yeah Yeah. I'm part of this sure. table sure um, or put my hand through this wall, or whether the universe is a hologram, which is a great book. This book called uh, "The Holographic Universe," which is which is pretty cool. But uh, ghosts, aliens, uh, you know, real real life X Men living amongst us. You're I, into all this shit. Oh yeah, I'm really into. And you say, believe in this? You oh, believe, I, I you definitely believe that there are mutants, like people, folks that have. I believe that there like are that. people who might slightly, or have, maybe they're a little further along on the evolutionary chart. Like mentally or like physically, both like like con- both even kind of okay. Like because I have an ex girlfriend who I don't have any special abilities that I know of, um, but one of my gifts I think is I get to meet people or somehow I can come. You're in here with me with right now, yeah. So I don't know what power you have, but maybe we'll no, maybe we'll describe or figure it out. Of course, I'm going to underwhelm you. There's this girl I know, and she. Has predictive dreams of death. This is your ex? Yeah, one of my exes, yeah. She has predictive dreams of death um, to where it's always one degree of separation off. And it's not like it happens all the time. But, like, she'll have a dream that is pretty much... The story is we were living together uh, out here for a brief moment. Something happened. We moved back to her parents' basement in in Dayton. And uh, we were watching TV in bed one day, and... Whatever program was on that she was watching, the news, local news breaks in and says, Heath Ledger found dead in his New York high-rise apartment, more at 11. It's just a picture of Heath, Heath Ledger. And uh, I was just like, and she was a big fan of Heath Ledger. Um, Who wasn't? And she starts shaking and crying. And I'm like, well, I know you liked Heath Ledger, but, and it's a sad, tragic death because he was young. But what the, why are you, why are you, why are you having a met like, a seizure right now yeah and she goes I can't last night I had a dream and I was like what and she's like I had a dream that this exact situation happened wow but instead of that we were sitting here watching TV and on TV the program was interrupted it said uh, Mary Kate Olsen found dead in New York City high rise apartment more at 11 um, and then that was the dream and I'm like, well, that's weird that it was her instead of Heath Ledger. And then, you know, an hour and a half later or whatever, we're watching the news, the story on it, and they're giving details. And they're like, his phone, Heath Ledger's phone, the last 
10 missed calls were from Mary-Kate Olsen. Or actually, I think it was Mary-Kate Olsen. Uh, Mary-Kate Olsen uh, was calling him. Okay. Constantly up until... She was like the last person calling him a bunch right before he died. Right. So it's like that weird one degree of separation, like in her dreams. But she's kind of like a superhero in the dream world. Okay. Which I don't know a lot about dreams because I can't remember mine very much. But uh, Do you smoke weed? No. Okay. I, I smoked... I don't know if you're from Waynesville, Ohio. Sure. Uh, my brother lived there for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, my buddy, uh, I had a buddy, Matt, his family lived out there. Okay. When we were growing up in high school and on a farm, he discovered one day a freezer in their barn that just had weed in it, full of weed, oh, like wow. a full, like a, like a six foot tall freezer. Oh my God. And that works out. We smoked weed every day for free. Yeah. From my, so- the middle of my sophomore year till the day we until the summer after we graduated. Wow. Um, it was the best. Yeah. And then my first day of college at BGSU, um, I met a kid across the hall from me in the dorm, uh, and we were just getting to know each other. And I was, and he's like, what are you here to do? I'm like, oh, I think maybe telecommunications or theater. And uh, I'm like, what do you do? What are you, what are you here to do? And he goes, I'm here to take, you know, to take over the family business. And I was like, oh, what is that? Your dad's got a company? He goes, no, my brother's the biggest dealer here on campus. And I was like, oh, that, oh, okay. So you're, like, in the family business right now. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you want to go smoke? And I was like, well, hell yeah, I do. And we go out to this big tree in this field, and we get high, and I made him laugh, I guess, a lot. This is Ball State? This is, is Bowling Green State. Bowling Green State, okay, sorry. So, yeah, so I made him laugh, and then he goes, he's like, I'm going to make a deal with you. You can smoke every day. You can smoke. Um, I will supply you with weed free of charge as much as, as much as you need. But the rule is... You have to get high with me whenever I want you to. No matter what you're doing. Right. You have to stop what you're doing. Because you were funny? Yeah, because he's like, I want to, you know, because he's like, I want to smoke weed with you. Right. Because you made me laugh so much. I want I want you to smoke weed with me whenever yeah. I want you to. Whenever I need yeah. to laugh, I'm going to, doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, you know, short of me, like, walking up while you're in the middle of a class. Right. Saying, I'm here to see Ryan Sure, sure. No, he wouldn't do that. But uh, he, and I was like, okay, I can make that deal. I mean, I was woken up in the middle of the night at like four in the morning sometimes really? by him banging on my door. Uh, I was hanging out with a girl. I was hanging out with girls and had to just stop hanging out with girls. Right. Um, you know, because it was worth it to me at the time. And then I think it was my sophomore or junior year, my sophomore year, we were driving to a dog track, four of us in a car, passing a couple bulls around as we drove up to Toledo. And all of a sudden, something just cracked in my head and I was like I need to throw myself out of this car and we were on the 75 north yeah. on the freeway and I was like I need to get out of this fucking car right now like and, like, what do you mean throw myself like out I of the needed car? like I just fucking you just felt like I went everything from just, was closing in on you everything just shattered yeah. or something and like and I was like this isn't fine what the fuck I need to I need it to end yeah. I need everything done now Yeah. and I was like this isn't normal it's like PCP in there or something yeah right I'm like this isn't how smoking weed has made me feel Every day for the last five years. Yeah. And then uh, and then about two out of three times I'd smoke after that, it was the same experience. So after a while, I'm like, I, just, I'm, I need to, this isn't fun. I'm going to huh. stop. So I just stopped smoking. You haven't looked back since then? I've smoked here and there a couple times. And it's still the same feeling? Every once in a while. It's hit or miss if it's enjoyable. Yeah. Um, it's almost to the point now where it's like, why even bother? Yeah. Because um, I, I don't know. I feel like I can have as much fun you know, sober. I didn't, I, I stopped drinking 
for the most part when I started doing stand up because I was like, if I get a DUI, I can't drive to clubs. Okay. So, you know, because it's pretty much just you by yourself driving you're, everywhere. You're, you're calculating. You're, yeah. you're pretty. I don't drink either. Yeah. So I mean, if I don't have to drive somewhere, which is rare, I might have some drinks. Yeah. But uh, but it doesn't take me much. I'm I'm wasted. You know, after a few drinks, I'm. And I just won't shut the fuck up. And it's like, right. you know, get five, six beers in me. And it's like, who's got Coke? And it's like, that's not where I need to be. Do you, do I, do you, when I was younger, I did. You, yeah. Um, well, younger. I mean, I was, I think, in my late 20s when I started doing it. It's like, why would you start doing Coke when you're 27? Right. How old are you now? You my age? 37. 37, okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we got off on a drug tangent, but you were talking about uh, paranormal activities. You were talking about your ex Oh, yeah. Dreams. This is the crazy. This is, this is one of the coolest things. She's like one of these people who works with like a lot of uh, like MRDD, like mentally retarded, disabled, okay. developmentally disabled, like adults, uh, like a lot of autistic adults, and so she's had multiple jobs doing that. One and a couple nonverbal adults can be pretty aggressive and violent because they don't they just verbally can't communicate anything they want with mm -hmm. people with any effectiveness. I guess so maybe it turns violent. But um, there was a couple of these dudes that uh, at her last job at this like farm place in Ohio um, and she had a dream one night where she was talking to them and they were talking to her the next day this one specifically that she was talking to having conversations about you know he was actually communicating everything he wanted to communicate in real life maybe uh, after that dream the next day he started following her around work like a puppy and never even came close to being aggressive to her ever again. Like they were somehow linked. They were the, now connected the and they world. had communicated. She was communicating with this dude in, her, in dreams. her dreams and he was communicating to her. Some Twin Peaks shit. Right? And this is like real shit. Yeah. This isn't like, oh, wouldn't it be cool? Or, you know, and some people don't believe and that's fine. It's never been important for me that people believe what I'm telling them as much as they understand that I believe it. Yeah. That's what's important is that they know that I totally believe. So do, do you believe, I'm sorry, is there something more you would add to that? Oh, no, not, okay. not necessarily. I was going to ask if you believe that it will be possible one day or somehow that you can, that your atoms can, can uh, combine with the atoms of that table or the wall. You know, do you feel like that's something that is in the cards? Is it, is it possible? I believe in the possibility of anything. I yeah, suppose. yeah, sure. But uh, I don't know if, I'd like to think it's possible, but whether or not I'm... You know, I still get dragged down by some shit, you know, so like as far as like self-actualizing or, or whatever it would be to be able to do that. Right. That's, that's definitely a challenge to think I've got a lot of, make, I've, I've got a lot of changes to make. Is if, it a consciousness issue? Why, why that can't happen or a physical issue? Um, I think it's, or are they one and the same? I think it might be one and the same, but for me, I know I can, I still, you know, a lot of primal instincts control my actions from time to time whether it's like you know people say you, you know it's whether you're thinking with your dick too much or yeah um where i'm just making i'm making bad decisions and i know i'm making them because of uh, a basic desire for physical pleasure or something it's like well this is me succumbing to like one of my basic needs so you have lots of guilt surrounding sex well not if it's right i mean i have maybe some guilt surrounding sex if it's just me clearly trying to use a woman right or when okay. is it not that's a good point it hasn't not not been and probably since my last relationship over two years ago but what's what's the difference between 
trying to enjoy some time physically with a woman and using her. I mean, you know, she's using you technically. Or, yeah, she's you know. a, she's a willing partner in the thing, and that also has a lot to do with just so much Catholic guilt that was bred into me from yeah. like I don't remember not knowing what hell was. Yeah, I don't remember learning about hell. I mean, that's a powerful... Uh, same here. Same yeah. here, yeah. It's, like, so powerful. Because I wanted to... Be, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a priest. I mean, I had the mass memorized and everything. Um, that was, like... I was a little bit of a... Like, I thought I was, like, a chosen, like, leader of God's church. Like, where yeah. it's going to be me and Jesus standing side by side fighting demons when, when he came back. Which was going to happen in my lifetime, certainly. I had nightmares of the devil uh, as a little kid. Um, and then, like... Oh, but then my dick started working, and I think I jerked off when I was eleven. That's the okay. first time, and which means you're going, you know, it's just sin. Right? Did you feel guilty every time you jerked oh, off? Of course. Oh, yeah. so bad. And I still made the decision. That's how powerful the the sex, sex drive, drive is. is. Like I know, it's like I went from I'm going to be God's. Um, it's like you know Moses, Jesus, Ryan Singer. <laughs> you know, that's where I thought I was as a kid. Yeah. And I had a grandma who was insane about that kind of stuff and like would tell me all kinds of great stories and oh, this thing's gonna happen this diary was found in you know an archaeological dig predicting this thing was gonna happen like this great punishment and an earthquake and Virgin Mary was gonna appear over New York City on Christmas you Eve you took all this and I was just like for real. well she was my grandma yeah. you know what I mean I saw a photo one time of a brunch like a cafeteria place she lived on a farm in New Carlisle, Ohio and my brother older brother younger sister we get dumped out there during the summer uh for like you know three four weeks at a time and just work on the farm and then grandma would tell us about jesus um like the virgin mary was going to come to me and you know give me a vision because i was special right and but look at her feet don't look make sure no yeah well look at her feet because if she's barefoot it's the virgin mary i see but if she has sandals on it's the devil. Okay, okay. Uh, pretending to be her. Because the devil can can pretend to be the Virgin Mary, but he's got to have sandals on. Right. He does it. Like, what the fuck? Because he, he doesn't have the same humility or something? Or I, Yeah, I don't know. Like, he just is, can't be all the way. Was she, was she mentally ill, you think, diagnosed, anything? No, or? she was like a saint. Like, I don't know. She's like kind of... I think about this today. I mean, she's been dead for a couple of few years now almost. No but. offense. That's maybe an offensive question to no, ask. No, it's not. Because, no, it's a fair question, I think. I mean, I grew up with people talking like that, so that's not yeah. foreign to me. Yeah, no, I think, to me, like, I wasn't even faced by that question. Yeah, good. Like, that's how crazy it all was. So, um, and I understand that some people don't grow up with God at all, so yeah. it's totally foreign and weird to yeah. them. Um, but she never, never once, I never once saw her yell, angry, to, or never once heard her say a bad thing about anyone. Um, pain to her was a, um, an opportunity to become closer to God whenever she had physical pain, she would never be like, oh my God, it hurts. She would be like, this is just a chance for me to offer up my suffering to become closer. She, like, if there was a saint, you know, she was one. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I never saw her perform a miracle or whatever. You're supposed to perform two miracles, I think it is, to be a saint or at least one. But she, she was definitely more evolved and, you know, the tool she used happened to be Catholicism, I guess, to get okay. there maybe. But, um, you know, she did say some crazy stuff every once in a while. Uh, years before she died, uh, in the hospital one night, I was there visiting her, and she said, she, like, pulled me close, 
and she said, and the angel that told me that they're coming for me. And I'm like, oh, Grandma, I think you might have some more time. And she says, no, they, they, they're coming. Mm-hmm. Keep the family together. And I'm like, I don't know why you're telling the dude who's always gone. Right. To keep the family together. Um, That's probably why. Maybe. And then, but then I realized, oh, it wasn't, that wasn't God and the angels talking to her. That's just the first time she'd ever had morphine. Oh. You know, <laughs> like, because she never drank, never yeah. did drugs her whole entire life. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So she was, you know, 80 years old, 78 years old, on drugs for the first time. Can yeah. you imagine? And then like, her grandma, I got this freezer full. We yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, but she was, I mean, a beautiful, amazing, weird creature. Yeah. Certainly. But it definitely fucked my brain up you know and then all that guilt still I mean I've released my belief in all that that whole system sure but that's not to say if the wind blows the right way during the fall and some leaves rustle across the street with a with a particular sound and maybe a a darkish purple cloud happens to be moving quicker than normal across the sky that I don't immediately launch into the first verse of Our Father thinking that the gates of hell have just opened (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) you know what I mean yes yes. and then I'll catch myself and be like oh you're fucking crazy right right you're crazy that's not gonna happen right Um, and you're not a bad person even if it did which it's not which is not gonna happen this conversation was worth it just for that little whatever you just said right there that was a beautiful little stanza um very poetic but yeah but a lot of that stuff has gone from my brain because of experiences I've had like I said with this ex-girlfriend who this paranormal stuff I I dated a girl who could shape shift but 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 all this stuff was I mean and I'm not I didn't grow up Catholic I I grew up Messianic Jewish but uh, in my experience, all the stuff that you're talking about is satanic, you know, the paranormal stuff. And I don't yeah. know how it is in Catholicism what they would what they would rate that sort of stuff because it's either, either from its God, for either it's from the God or it's from the devil, right? I mean, and wouldn't that stuff oh. be considered to be from the devil? You know, I, never, I don't know if you never thought about it. Don't worry about it now. It's not something you need to worry about. I'm no, just saying. no, it's not. It's not. I wouldn't worry. That's. I've never considered that angle. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that's, that's fascinating. That's man. where my mind goes because I, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch Scooby Doo or, or uh, you know, st- anything that had any kind of ghosts or spiritual. Because it definitely like that. it would, yeah, it would either be, hey, this person um, can perform miracles on the behalf of God, right? Or they're wearing or, sandals. Yeah, or they're wearing sandals. Yeah. And wow, so like. That would be witchcraft or Satanism right. or, or satanic, which, you know, I guess witchcraft to someone who's like hyper Catholic would just be some another way to channel Satan and, yeah. and demon power but or whatever. But holy shit, like that, yeah, that, I guess it would be considered that. Uh, it's fascinating to think that. This other side of the same coin. I mean, yeah. or, I mean, yeah. Because I did try to sell my soul to the devil years ago <laughs> to see if he was real. Okay. Um, this was uh, probably 12, you know, 13. How did that ago. go? What was did, uh, I'm still driving a 99 Camry. What did you... What did the you, door handle's broken off. I right, have to, like, right. wedge my way into my car. So, I, clearly, he's not as effective as he used to be. Right. Or he's not offering up what he used to offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, I guess times are tough for everybody. 
So if he has your soul, it wasn't worth it. No, definitely. Because I've been working my ass off. Yeah. That wasn't part of the deal, I thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's what really sealed the deal. But for you me. met Mark Marin. Oh yeah, yeah, and because I've had success, like I've already, ha- I've already succeeded in everything for the most part. Yeah. Like success to me has always been kind of when your heroes become your peers, become your friends. Yeah. So it's, uh, and I've had the chance to, you know, open up for them for the last three years. Yeah. Like on the road and stuff, and you know, become buddies with them. But uh, and he's helped me out beyond measure. Yeah. Uh, as far as going out of his way to like try to make things happen for me in my career, so it's been great. He, so, seems, yeah. he seems like a good guy. Yeah, he's definitely a good yeah. dude. Like, you know, he's got this past of, you know, this notorious past of, mm-hmm. you know, of being so difficult and all these other things, I guess. But uh, one time we were walking around New York City. This was when we were first getting to know each other. I happened to be in New York at the same time. And, and he's like, okay, let's hang out. And so we're just kind of walking around the city, show me places he used to live. And at one point I'm like, what is happening in my life right now? And I, I stopped. I'm like, dude. Are you paying some comedy penance for all the sins of your past? Right. Why the fuck are you hanging out with me? Right. And he's like, what? what are, are, aren't we friends? And I was like, oh, I guess I should stop challenging you. couldn't you. accept why, it. Yeah, yeah, why do you like yeah. me? Why do, yeah. you, why do you like me, man? You should hate me. Yeah, you should be hanging out with anybody you want. Yeah. yeah. You know, but uh, it's been great. It's been a great It's been a great life so far. Cool, cool. I asked him not too long ago, and maybe I think about this too much, but... His, the impact his podcast has had on his stand-up, okay, um, I think is something that could be pretty interesting to examine. Because uh, his style was always very self-exposing. Yes, but the last you know three years, it's become even more so. Like of this, kind of like sit down and let me wrap my stories around you. Yeah, and then. By the end of it, we'll probably have cried a little bit. Right. We'll have laughed. But you'll be like, whoa, I really fucking know this dude too much. He's, he's good to watch live. I've never, oh, yeah. I've never seen it. It's him. insane. Okay. Um, I mean, I've had a comedy crash course in the last three years. Yeah. Um, has, it, has it influenced your styles and developed? Sure. What you uh, it, it sure has. He, he's had a huge impact on my style because uh, it's very... Fr- well, when you get to perform for his audiences, it's like we were talking about earlier about people who love you and yeah. they, they want you to do whatever you want. When when I'm working with him, I can do whatever the fuck I want. They're very supportive. Oh yeah, his yeah. crowds are are ridiculous. And I've got, you know, I got to see the transformation of his audience too from when we first worked together the podcast had just started and it wasn't what it is now. Yeah. Um you know, there were some diehard comedy fans who were in comics who were listening to it, but it was maybe only a couple months old. And then there'd be a couple WTFers in the audience. And then, you know, then by by the time now, it's like, depending on what city it is, it's, you know, 90% podcast, podcast fans yeah. and, and fans of his otherwise. But, uh, so, but like when you see him do hands-on work on a crowd that's rowdy and drunk, it's, it's... He tears fools up. Well, he doesn't really tear them up as much. Maybe he would have used to, but yeah. he... He, like, makes them understand why he needs them to shut up. Yeah. Um, but, and, and, you know, he'll be... That, that's a real skill to learn. To it'll diffuse. be piercing yeah. um, at times. I mean, when I was younger, I would just go zero to 70. Like, yeah. Somebody would say something. I'd be like, you're a, 
Right. Same here. Same yeah. here. My, my, one of my, you know, go-tos was just, shut the fuck up. You know, it's like, <laughs> Quick and, it, and it works. It works 90% yeah. of the time where it did back then, you know, when yeah. I was like, get, you know, you just get right up in front of them, stare right at them, and you scream in the mic, and like, they usually shut up, or they go walk out, like, but that's not the way to deal with it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... Ultimately, you don't want people to stray off like that. You know, you got It's it's up to you to perform in a way that doesn't. I don't. Know. I mean, I like that attitude. It's impossible. Yeah, obviously, I like that attitude. with alcohol involved, that's yeah. impossible. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different ball game, especially when it might be a. I don't know. Music probably has it a little bit too, but um, I think it was Stanhope who first came up with the analogy that I'd heard it at least anyway. Put it this way: that people don't just walk into movies. Not right. knowing what they're seeing, but they do that with stand up all the time. I do that in a movie. Do you? Yeah. You just kind of sight unseen, not knowing yeah, what you're sometimes, getting into. Sometimes I, I've done it once in recent memory. Yeah. And it was the last movie I saw. And I, I don't go to the movies very often. Um, I just I don't know, I just don't like spending but, money. I'm sorry. What was the stand up quote though? But it was it was essentially that. So, yeah. You know about people who go to stand up. They're like, this isn't funny. What? It's like, right. Well, you should have. You should have researched the show a little bit yeah. before you came out. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't go to a movie not knowing at all what you were going to see. Right. You don't just walk into a theater and be like, not even knowing the name of the movie. Right, 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 um, right. But uh, at least most people don't. I mean, if I do that for a movie, it's for... I just need that particular, like... I just need to zone out for a couple hours. Yeah. I would never go to stand-up like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm going to be entertained or, or enjoy the presence of somebody that... I can relate to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, but it's it is fascinating to to see like the ways different people deal with like that those kind of audiences. Like I noticed, it's even subtle differences. Like you said, I'll get up there and get in their face. Yeah. Like because your physical movement, you know, is the first thing you'll do. Like if you step back and like, oh god, this fucking. That's like you're retreating. Yeah. So if you just even take a step further, closer to the audience when someone says something, yeah, and they're like. Oh, he just yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, you got to show that like it's yeah. like it's like it's like fucking Caesar. Uh, what's his name? The dog whisperer. Like you got to show that you're in control of the situation. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. that's essentially what you're yeah. doing to that motherfucker. It's like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what 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 is that? I can't remember that guy's name, but yeah, Caesar. Uh, he want to say Caesar Chavez. Yeah, that's what I was. Caesar Milan. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. But yeah, I never. Wow, that's you. I'm still thinking about the the demon side of. Of the paranormal now. I'm sorry if I wrecked your. Now I would you, like now to, you're realizing how infiltrated by the devil you are. Yeah. Wow. That I was so. I'm so owned by him. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm trying to spread awe about his uh, tactics right. under the guise of isn't the universe beautiful and how little do you know? Right. Come to the dark side and understand the truth. It's really, just all it is is tricks, though. It's just it's just the the pharaoh's henchmen throwing down staffs and turning into snakes. You know, yeah. um, smoking mirrors. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I'll have to go buy a Bible on the way home. There you go. Let's clean this up. Let's stage this motherfucker out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do have a I have a bag of uh, what the fuck is it? It's uh, I have a bag of so I'm making it from my bed right now. Uh, it's supposed to help you sleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, or or does it? Yeah, <laughs> sleep in the wrong way. Holy shit! I got you a dream catcher hanging above my bed. You got what? A dream catcher hanging oh, above yeah, my yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man! But I do think it's it's really fun and 
to think about all that shit. I'd like to meet. I'd like to meet more people who, who claim to be able to teach you to do stuff like remote view, yeah, uh, or astral project, or even transvection, which I guess is just kind of what's like transvection. Le- I think it's levitation. It's oh just another God. word for levitation. But um, or channel the dead. That's something I'm I'm, I'm going to do soon. I'm going to try to find somebody who can help me communicate. So with it sounds like you should talk to David Blaine. You know, <laughs> yeah. to me. First time I saw him on TV, like it was years ago. My brother and I were watching yeah. one of his things. We were like freaking out, like this dude is the devil. Yeah. This dude is yeah. the devil. <laughs> you know, this shit's hard though, man. Yeah. Oh, like the way he like would even levitate out on the street, and then you know you realize later you see someone show you how it's done right like oh man i'm just so visually but some of that shit's ridiculous oh, he's he's really good at it oh yeah. it's a real skill yeah but I, that's not to say i don't believe in some kind of magic as well um, not that guy what is it uh not that guy no anybody who i have a theory and it doesn't and a lot of my shit's not founded on any kind of truth or relevance to like what's actually happening or resources available to me but like there's this quote by Wendell Berry, that poet that I love so much watching an interview. He's like, I speak beyond the scope of my understanding all the time. Mm, mm, and I was like, mm. man, you just nailed me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that shit. That's great. That's a great yeah. quote. And then when you quote a really great poet, yeah. you just feel like, okay, so I can keep talking shit. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know I mean? No, that's, I think that's, that's. I mean, I, I feel like I do that a lot. But isn't know? that all of us? Speak like beyond the scope of your understanding, yeah. I realized about, I don't know, a year and a half ago that... When I'm telling people how I feel about certain things yeah. or opinions, I'm like, oh, I'm making this all up right? as I talk. But but it's becoming truth as it hits your lips in a way. You right? know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's... Because if it is genuinely what I'm feeling in my consciousness that exists outside of our body, which has been recently discovered, I think, I'm pretty sure, that, where they, what, can't, like they a... can't pinpoint consciousness in our brain now anymore. It's like this... It's like this energy field like an aura almost like an aura yeah okay um but uh yeah if if it is genuine what i'm feeling or these thoughts i'm having and they're even filtered away from their their purest form because of the language we've decided to use as symbols to express them yeah so it even becomes further so there's it's already one step away from the truth oh yeah yeah and then you know and then i communicate it verbally depending on my ability to do so and then I don't understand or comprehend how people hear things outside of my own self. Right. So then there's a second filter of that truth getting maybe more watered down or maybe jumbled up. It's like the telephone game happens just in this conversation. And then by the time it goes into this fucking recorder. Right. And then somehow maybe black magic is uploaded to a computer through electricity, this invisible magic life force. That keeps us all alive. Like an electrical shock will open our eyes up every morning. Uh, like, what the fuck, man? And then someone's going to hear it in their earbuds, or maybe they'll hear it uh, on their computer speakers, or maybe a jam box that's uh, uh, you know in a different room from their computer. And then they're going to be listening to it, maybe, and being like, "What the fuck is this dude even talking about right now?" My listeners are encouraged to listen on high fidelity, so I th- probably be, <laughs> okay. They'll be so, hearing it real nice. Okay, of- yeah. So it's like. Is that what I felt, though? Like, when I... And then when I've said it... Because I realize I have fake memories, too. And yeah. This is kind of a jump in maybe logic, but um, there's a bunch of memories. Like, I was talking about Grandma Jesus. That's what I call her earlier. <laughs> or, or the woman I was talking about yeah. earlier. She... I fucking close my eyes and I see it. And because it, it was one of the... It was 
it was the watershed moment of my life, like the rock of my spiritual belief. You know, they say seeing is believing, and I believe that. But uh, but can you believe what you've seen? That it becomes that magic thing. Okay. Whether it's David Blaine and stuff like that. But she showed me a picture when I was, I don't know, I must have been seven years old, of the cafeteria we would go to after Mass. Uh, and she goes, look what happened uh, last week when we... Uh, and she shows me a picture of a couple people in line. It's an old photo. This is... If I was, like, around seven, this was probably 1984. Okay. Uh, and the Virgin Mary's floating. It's the fucking Virgin Mary. In the middle of the Yeah, it's like, it's not her whole body, but it's, like, her upper body and her face. She's floating in line with people. Right. And she's like, isn't this amazing? This is a miracle. The Virgin Mary was with us. And I was like, how can I not believe in God for the rest of my life? Right, right. I have seen the fucking Virgin Mary. Right. And this so that before, was my... Before Photoshop. This was before... Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, I've got it, man. I've got it. And then I would still stray. And, and no matter how far I strayed from God, I would be like, that fucking picture, man. Right. And then about seven years ago, I'm at the farmhouse visiting my grandma. Don't really have the heart to tell her that I'm pretty much totally off board with yeah. the whole God thing. Um, but still, that anchor, that little tack in the bottom of my shoe of that fucking picture, you know, always reminding me subtly as I walk through this life. She And I bring it up to her. I go, you know what? Sometimes I get really crazy, and I just always think about that photo and uh, that you showed me when I was a kid. And she goes, what photo? And I was like, you know... Mm, the cafeteria where the virgin you know the most miraculous thing i've ever laid eyes on almost yeah to that point in my life i mean it had been trumped by something later but uh and she's like oh the virgin the photo the virgin the virgin mary photo what and i go remember the photo you showed me where the virgin mary was hanging out where we hang out and she it's like i was she did not remember it zero recollection of it huh and i was just like that fucking rock just dissolved. Do you think that it was just nothing? I mean, she obviously didn't mean much to her. Or That's what someone has brought up to me recently in the thing. Well, if someone believes in miracles and thinks they see them all the time, this wouldn't be a big deal to them. I see, because that's just a normal occurrence to her. To her. But I think my only thought on it is she has to realize the impact that something she just sees all the time has on someone else. Right. Like, for example, if I showed you a picture of this ex-girlfriend I had who could, like, her body could morph into different things. Like, not animals and stuff like that, but, like, she appeared to be nine months pregnant one time just for a day. What? Yeah, crazy stuff, this right? This is the same girl. That different this, girl. The dreams. You. Why are all your ex-girlfriends well, paranormal? Yeah, right. Well, a couple of them have been. There's two of them specifically. But, uh, so, like, if what, I showed that you that mean? photo... What does that mean, though? I don't know what it means. I mean, I don't know if there's about meaning you, to it. I mean, like, why, how, how have you developed relationships with girls that have... That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like I said, I don't have any abilities, but I have the ability... But somehow, I'm like, I have this gift to get to know them. And maybe it's... I have this crazy dream to someday have, not a commune, but, like, a place where people like that feel safe to come. Call it, you know, School X or whatever. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever that place is called. Yeah, yeah. So, like, a place where... So you're like Professor X. I'd love to be... Like, that would be pretty fucking cool, to yeah. be a real-life Professor X. Yeah. 
but to have a place where they can feel safe. Because I know my ex-girlfriend who could morph or shapeshift or whatever you want to call it, the... She won't. We, she won't talk to me about slow it. Slow down. You, have you seen this? You've seen. We, we, I've seen it. Now this is where a lot of people jump off board. I'm. 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 I'm on the plank. Tell me. Yeah. So, uh, I dated this girl very briefly out here, and she. We met her at a comedy night. Uh, this was year. I don't, know, I don't know how many years ago. It's been a while. And uh, I used to when I was younger. I was a little bit crazy. I used to like. I had this thing happening in my head and I couldn't really explain it other than saying it feels like there's a lizard in my brain it was just what I called it and uh, like there's a lizard in my brain it's like sometimes it like tries to like get out right a lizard is kind of a Native American or at least I think it's Native American it's a, it's a symbol of rejuvenation and rebirth so maybe that's Jim like, Morrison yeah lots of lizards yeah lots of lizards so I, I don't know why I always called it that but I don't know I was just sharing that with her one, one night in a, in a story about but what's how, the feeling that you would it's almost like this it's like this, a, a tinge in the back lower part of the brain a physical thing it's like a physical tinge uh, like a feeling Nerves. sensation or something where it feels like something's happening there um, and I was telling her a story about how I went to a doctor uh, and was tr- and explained to him that I had a lizard in my brain <laughs> like a general practice yeah. practitioner and he he just kept saying you're depressed and I just kept saying to him, no, I'm really, I'm pretty happy about the way things are going in my life. And, you know, I finally understand what I want to do with my life. This is when I decided that I was going to do stand-up full-time and really go for it. Nothing else mattered. And he just kept saying, you're depressed, you're depressed, you're depressed. He wanted to put me on pills. And I was like, you don't fucking get it. There's a lizard in my brain, dude. It's not, yeah. I'm happy. But I'm just saying, maybe do a scan. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll find a lizard. Yeah, maybe, and maybe, maybe it's a tumor or maybe it's just a weird growth or right. something, but maybe there's something there. Uh, so I was telling her this story and, uh, and she's like, oh my God, you're so weird. And I was like, oh, you know, I understand that it's probably weird to, you know, have someone say that. And she said, uh, well, I'll tell you something then. Uh, you're weird enough where I can tell you this. And she's like, sometimes I just change and I don't have any power over it or any control over it. And it's the worst. And uh, she grew up uh, as a very young girl in the Middle East and then came over here. Um, and then she's been kind of an outcast because she was kind of a freak. Like, when she would just appear to be different. Like, some people's eyes will change colors, and I understand that. And, like, that happened to her, like, all the time when she was a kid. I guess her eye color would change. She's like, sometimes I just appear to be different women, be different people to people. I don't see it, but it'll happen. People will kind of freak out. And uh, What, that she looks like someone that people, that they know or something? Well, that's what happened to me the first time. We were laying in bed together, and, uh, you know, I was just laying there, like, on my back. She was next to me, and I look over, and she's, like, five feet tall, uh, maybe 100 pounds soaking wet. And uh, I look over, and she is this blonde-haired girl that I I happen to be thinking of. Uh, maybe very passingly in my brain, just, like, a couple minutes before or whatever. What? I look over, and she is that fucking girl in, that, in, in bed with me. For an extended period? For, like... Well, I look over, and I'm like, I do like one of those, like a double, triple take, and then I fucking freaked out. I lost it. I f- start. I like. I think I screamed. Like I might have screamed a little it bit. It felt totally real, and you weren't Oh, it, it felt real enough. No, like I wasn't that. drunk or high. And it felt real enough for me to lose my, feel like I lost my mind. Yeah. I felt like I went crazy instantly, to the point where she jumps up. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? She's like... She's like, I'm on like, I'm, it's like a cliche. I'm like on the end of her bed, like yeah. rocking back and forth, trying to gather the pieces of the, the jigsaw puzzle of the universe that they've just scattered. And uh, 
so she just said, I, I told her, I, I just kept saying, I, I just kept saying, where, where am I? Where are we? And she would say, we're in my apartment. I'd be like, where, where's your apartment? And she'd be like, Los Angeles. I'd be like, where is Los Angeles? And she'd say, California. I go, where is California? And she would say, the United States of America. I go, where is the United States of America? She'd say, in North, on, in North America. Right. I'd be like, where is that? And she'd be like, on the planet Earth. And I'd be like, where is Earth? And she would say, the Milky Way galaxy. And I'd say, where are we? And she'd say, my apartment. And then we did that for like 10 minutes. What the fuck? And like I fucking lost it, dude. Yeah. I totally lost it. <laughs> right? So I needed to reboot. Just be- because you looked over and she was not what you thought she was. And even was- though I knew that this had happened, like I had previous information saying that this has happened to me and people think I'm a freak and it's been an outcast. I don't like to talk about it really to anyone. No one knows really. Um, it's like a curse. Uh, what do you think that is? I don't know what it is. That's the thing. I don't know. And so I even knew that it had happened. But when I saw it, like the best way to describe it is like my my brain rebooted. Like you I, think she affected that somehow? Like that's in her nature to affect that in other people's brains, per- perception wise. Or maybe it's something that just is totally localized to her. That just happens. That every once in a while, people are around to see. Um, but why would she turn into this person that that I was for, thinking for you? So it's got to be. She doesn't there's got to be some girl. kind of yeah, because she had no idea that she looked like her, right? Um, so there has to be like, there has to be some kind of relationship there of yeah. perception and consciousness and actual truth and reality or whatever. But uh, is that the only time that that happened with her? No, but uh, but after that first time and after my brain rebooted. I was not the same person ever again after that. Like, I was talking about the photo being my, yeah. my rock. After that happened, I was done with the photo. For the most, well, I wasn't done with the photo, but I mean, because I still asked my grandma about it years that later. That became your new rock? Well, that became my new, it, it was it was like a different rock. It was like a rock that got thrown through a window. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's a world outside. What the fuck? I didn't even know that was a window. Um, and then... Satan's rock versus God's rock? Yeah, right? Satan throws his. God just sits there. Uh, no, I, I don't mean to make you think like that. But then, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks later, she called me up and left me a message saying that our date was canceled because it had ha- it happened again, is what she said. Meaning she, she well, shifted again? I had no again. idea. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know what it meant necessarily. But um, And I was like, I, I, I call her up and she won't answer her phone. I'm like, I'm going over there. Um, now I'm excited. Right. I have transitioned from, what the fuck just happened? Fuck, no, I'm where like, am I? I'm envious. I'm like, I want to have some exciting yeah. shit like that. So it went from like, holy fuck, what happened to, oh, I can't, I got to see what the, I got to see. I got to see. Yeah. What's you she, know? what's she going to look like this time? Cause I promised her, I told her, I was like, you know, I will never have that reaction again. I can guarantee you. I will never react to you. You are like special. Yeah. And that's not the reaction you should have from someone. You should have a reaction of awe and excitement and, you know. An acceptance, or whatever, and uh, so I went over there. She finally, I knocked on the door. Finally, she let me in. She lived out in Culver City, and uh, she got like uh, shorts and a big sweatshirt on. And I'm like, "What the fuck is going on? What's going on? Why are you know what happened?" And she goes, "I was at work today, sitting at my desk, and she was a rocket scientist. Like worked for like a satellite company here in town. Oh. Like really fucking brilliant kind of woman." And uh, she she goes, "This woman walks by my desk, who's like." nine months pregnant she's ready to have a baby any day now and uh, I just remember looking at her thinking wow she's look how happy she is she looks so happy that uh, 
and just being envious of it. And then she walks off, no big deal. Fifteen minutes later, I'm just like really uncomfortable at my desk. And I look down, and my stomach is just growing. Like, she's, it's not like she sat there and watched it go, but it like, her stomach had gotten bigger, and like, she's like, my clothes weren't fitting suddenly. I had become nine months pregnant, and I'm like, looking at her, like, I go, are you still pregnant? And she goes, I can't show you. You know, she feels like a freak. Yeah. And I'm like, please. (laughs) Please let me see. Yeah. And she lifts up her sweatshirt, and it's like she swallowed a goddamn beach ball. Really? Yeah. And I'm touching, and I'm like, can I touch? And she's like, yeah. And I had a bunch of uh, sisters who got pregnant as teenagers. And so I've been around a lot of pregnancy. It was that same, it felt it the same? Felt, it was pregnancy. It was fucking, there was... You felt it with your hands? Solid. Yeah, I felt it with that, my hands. That, like, bulging, solid yeah. watermelon. Yeah. And 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 you and you had seen her, like, just a month ago before that or something. Like, not, like, nine We'd months We'd probably seen each other previous. a few days before. Okay. Uh, maybe, within the week, we'd probably seen each other before that. And you'd seen her flat stomach. Yeah, and we didn't date for more than a month and a half. There's no way she could have got okay. uh, pregnant that quick. Uh, even from someone else. I mean, she wouldn't, I mean, because pregnancy, you know, it takes nine it months takes, to get that yeah, big. as we know. Um, but she was fucking pregnant, what dude. Fuck? And I was, I was like, imagine. Did you have sex Imagine with someone gives you, like, the Holy Grail, and they're like, this is really the Holy Grail, and you yeah. can hold it. And, and, and I'm, we did have sex later that night. <laughs> Well, she was, and you had so you had sex with her with her stomach big like that. She woke up the next morning, normal. Okay, and we had some wine because we're like she's not clearly she's not really. But pregnant. while but while you had sex, she had the big stomach. Yeah, and you and you you could feel it, and it was like having sex. We with had her. sex. That's insane. Yeah, and uh, I tell people I fucked her unpregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> because the next morning she woke up totally normal. Yeah. It, she, it started going down by the time we'd fallen asleep. It started going down a little bit. But, um... Was it painful for her? No. She didn't, she didn't indicate so it was painful. So it wasn't, like... I mean, if it, I mean, it wouldn't be gas to be fucking huge like that anyway. Like, I'm... You know, my mind wants to fucking make it logical. Yeah, where's the, where's the reason? Whether And someone's like, well, maybe she was just sticking out her stomach the whole night. I'm like... Can you imagine holding right? That? And like, it was, and you feel a difference anyway yeah. between somebody doing that and when it's for sure. There is a. Uh, this is actually, I think, kind of a phenomenon that has been noted: the pregnancy, a woman becoming pre- looking pregnant for a very short period of time. But um, so it's not like she's the only person that's ever done this. That's for sure. Um, at least that, if I can remember correctly. But she uh, she won't talk to me about it. Uh, we have communication still to this day, very little, but um, every once in a while. I've even asked her to write some stuff out for me if I, if I could send her some questions and maybe she could just write because I, I, I understand that her privacy and her... Did it, did, the, you know, did, the, did, did you dating her end because of her... We had a very volatile relationship. Um, whether... Not based was on just, that or, or... Not really based on that, but it was just there was just too much... There was probably too much crazy that we were... that we'd uncovered in each other that we weren't equipped to handle at the time yeah because we were younger and um things were like 
I mean, imagine having that relationship where, I mean, it was very, it was pretty intense right from the start, even before like the lizard and the brain conversation and all that other kind of stuff. And then it was, and then once that stuff happened, it was like, this, you, what's happening in this universe? Wow. Right. I mean, one night we got, we're in an argument and I've never behaved this way. One night we're in an argument driving down Sunset Boulevard and I was like, you want me to fucking turn this car? And I did one of those things. And she's like, what? I don't even remember what we were talking about. And I just fucking driving regular speed, just flipped a fucking U-turn wow. on sunset. Yeah. Driving full speed, not even at a stoplight or something. And I'm like, and then after, and, and then we're going, shit. and then after I'd done that, we both were like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Why are we crazy right now? Yeah. And so it was like, I think that was like a moment where we're like, whatever is happening right now, our chemicals are mixing and it's not good. This is like the firework may exploded. Now it's falling to the ground. Yeah. Maybe it's best to not try to light another one. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, she won't, she won't talk about it cause she says, this is a, like a direct quote. She says, I can't, um, I'm sorry. I can't talk about it when I do. It aggravates it. Is what she said. When she's aware of it, she starts to shift more or something. Yeah, I guess. I mean, she, I wish I could ask her those questions. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I definitely respect the, the fact that she has no control over it. Um, it doesn't sound like she's gained more control over it over the years. And it's definitely not something that she views as a gift. Right. As opposed to almost maybe a curse or a bright. So, but, I mean, it would be great to be able to try to figure out how to help her with that. And maybe get a handle on it. But so that's the dream. That's like the mission, the commune dream at some point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's man, that's intense. But once you once you have those experiences, at least for me, once I've had those experiences, it's really easy not to get caught up in the bullshit of stand up comedy that some people get caught up in. About like, oh, I didn't get Ferguson, or right. it's like, oh, well, there's other there shapeshifters out there. Right, right? there are larger things <laughs> at, at work. Yeah, let's just try to, to live take and it be back connected. To where you, what you be in the moment, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Let's let's close up shop. I mean, I honestly I could keep talking to you into infinity. Maybe we'll do it again. Awesome, man. I I've, I've been sitting here with Ryan Singer in the Millennium Biltmore Hotel in downtown Los Angeles signing off. Yes. 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 I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. All the, uh, the the clips, you know, you hear Ryan doing the stand-up in the beginning, and I think I'll throw one at the end there just as a, as a uh, outro, outro, post-outro, outro. Uh, the Wandering Wolf Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know. Just let me know. At Yoni Wolf on Twitter. Follow who me. Do it. And, uh, you know, that's fuck. Anything else I need to say? Nah. Oh, eh. keep wandering. Maybe that's an outro, actually. It sounds more like an outro. I'm like, oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> or something like that. Good to be alive. I... This is something I came to realization before. There are 7 billion people on the planet right now. It is time we all gave up the ghost that there are unique or special people amongst us. I'm including myself. Like, the idea that we're all a unique snowflake, that shit melted away about 3 billion people ago. <laughs> no matter how unique or special you think you are, there are at least 15 to 20 exact replicas on the planet right now doing everything you do. Well, Ryan, I'm pretty special.
Every morning I wake up and I take a bath in a tub full of oatmeal. It's a recipe that my great-grandmother saved from the Nazis. And after I'm done soaking in those hot oats for two hours, I get out and I transcribe all the Welcome Back Cotter episodes into Sanskrit. I think I'm pretty unique, bro. Huh? 14 people did that shit today, bro. No? There are probably three people right now telling this exact same joke. Welcome back, Carter. Probably happened. 